Good day, I'm Al Cresta. It was, in fact, in 1852 that the serialized story, Uncle Tom's Cabin, was published in book form. And uh, Harry Beecher Stowe, the author, uh, ended up becoming one of the most uh, respected uh, novelists in American history. Uh, This was an extraordinarily important book. Uh, Abraham Lincoln himself uh, said, I'm paraphrasing here, when he met Harry Beecher Stowe, uh, something like, uh, so you're the little lady who uh, started this war, uh, referring to the impact that Uncle Tom's Cabin had. Now, uh, Ignatius Press published uh, an edition of Uncle Tom's Cabin in their Critical Editions series. Uh, Our friend uh, Joe Pierce is the editor, general editor of that series. And I was reading through this, and I came across an essay that dealt with Uncle Tom as a Christ figure. And it was written by Dr. John Hahn, who's chair of the Humanities Division at Missouri Baptist University, where he's also professor of English and creative writing. And, uh, John, good to have you with me. Thanks. Well, thanks for the invitation. It is an honor to be on your show. Uh, Let's start with uh, just who was Harry Beecher Stowe? How significant was this uh, series of articles and now the, the book itself? Uh, yes, uh, Harry, uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe was an author uh, who was born in uh, uh, Connecticut in 1811, uh, and she was an abolitionist, best known for uh, her novel, Uncle Tom's Cabin. She actually wrote uh, 30 books, but uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin is the most famous book written by her, and it was a, a very influential in terms of the abolitionist movement. And as you know, uh, as you may know, uh, more than uh, 300,000 uh, 300, uh, copies uh, sold in the first year of the publication. Wow. Uh, more than a million copies were sold in England. So it is a very important book. Wow. <laughs> For that time, those are huge numbers. Oh, yeah, definitely, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, the bestseller in the 19th century. Uh, I didn't realize that. the Bible. Wow. Yeah. Now, who, the Beecher family, uh, how significant were they? That was an elite family in, in America, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe's father was Lyman Beecher, and uh, she, he was a Congregationalist pastor, and he was involved in social reform movements, and he believed that uh, the Christian religion was essential for restoring civic morality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, when, uh, uh, when the, the preacher moved to uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, to become the president of Lane Theological Seminary, uh, Harriet Beecher also followed him. Okay. And so, uh, I mean, the, the uh, Stowe family was very prominent in terms of uh, uh, the social movement, uh, the abolitionist movement at the time. Uh, what was the occasion for the writing of that series uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin, which was then bound together as a, a single volume. Was there any particular incident that motivated her? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, she wrote this novel as a response to the Second Fugitive Slave Act, which was passed by the U.S. Congress in 1850. Uh, the first Fugitive Slave Act was enacted by Congress in 1793. Uh, the second uh, act was much more severe than the first one. 
and after the passage of the Second Fugitive Slave Act, the number of abolitionists increased, and Stowe was one of them. Mm -hmm. And there are a few other uh, uh, inspirations uh, for Stowe's novel, uh, such as the slave narrative called The Life of Josiah Hanson, and American slavery as it is. Mm, Okay. Uh, This idea of a Christ figure in literature or movies might be unfamiliar to some uh, listeners. What is a Christ figure in in literary circles? When you refer to a Christ figure, what kind of person are you referring to? Who are some examples people might recognize? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, simply put, a Christ figure is a Christ-like character in literature. Mm Mm-hmm. A Christ figure does not refer to Jesus Christ himself. Instead, such a character recalls Christ in his sense of a mission, in his suffering, and in his redemptive death. Okay. There are many well-known Christ figures in literature. Uh, they include uh, Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. the Whiskey Priest in Graham Greene's The Power and the Glory, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend, a Hazel Motes, in Flannery O'Connor's Wise Blood, and Jim Casey in uh, John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath. Yes. But most of the novels that have Christ figures are novels with Christian concerns, written by Christian authors. Some non-Christian novels also have Christ figures. For example, The Grapes of Wrath is hostile to traditional Christianity, but Jim Casey, an ex-preacher in the novel, is ironically akin to Christ in his single-minded devotion to the sociological cause he cherishes, mm-hmm. in his mentorship, and in his self-sacrificial death. Now, uh, so a Christ figure is more is, is more is distinctive. You can distinguish a Christ figure from just your, you know, uh, your archetypal he- hero figure. That's right. That's right. There are there are many archetypal heroes all over the world. Uh, they uh, exist across the cultures. Uh, all of those uh, archetypal heroes have some uh, commonalities, such as and, uh, those heroes are born in unusual circumstances, and they take on a quest to find the things that are important, such as immortality, as in the case of Gilgamesh in, uh, of Mesopotamia, mm-hmm. bravery and honor, as in the case of Homer's Achilles, and holiness, as in the case of the Red Cross Knight, one of the heroes in Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen. Oh, okay. I, I would like to recommend two books for the audience sure. uh, about the uh, Christ figures. The first one is uh, Edwin Mosley's book, uh, Pseudonyms of Christ in the Modern Novel, okay. uh, published by the University of Pittsburgh Press in 1962, and uh, uh, Theodore Zyolkowski's book, Fictional Transfigurations of Jesus which was published by Princeton University Press in 1972. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zyotowski explains that a Christ figure is not merely spiritual, prophetic, or charismatic. Rather, a Christ figure recalls, beyond any doubt, a transfigured Jesus in the actions, in the imagery, and in the organization of the scene in which he appears. Okay. So unlike other t- types of archetypal heroes, Christ figures sound like a Christ, live like Christ, and die like a Christ, whether they are Christian or not. Yes, okay. They typically undergo suffering that somehow recalls Christ's passion, and they die as martyrs and forgive their enemies. Your Uncle Tom's cabin, Tom recites part of uh, Jesus' prayer, Father, forgive them, for they know, know not what they do mm. before he dies. Uh, tell us a little bit, of, yeah, 
why don't you go ahead and just tell us who is the Tom of Uncle Tom's Cabin? Give us a little idea of his, his history through the novel. I'm sorry, could you say it again? Yes. Uh, who is the Tom of Uncle uh-huh. Tom's Cabin? Who, uh-huh. who is he as a character? He's a title character, and he's present throughout the novel. Uh, and uh, he is a slave, a good-natured slave, and he has, he's deeply devoted to Christ. And uh, he's uh, surrounded by a supporting cast. And uh, some characters are antagonists. And one of them is uh, Simon Legree, the notorious slave owner in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, novels that feature Christ figures typically end with positive results of their redemptive deaths. So in the case of uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin, uh, Tom's death inspires George Shelby to free of all of his slaves uh, on his uh, family farm in Kentucky. So, gotcha. So he's the central protagonist. Mm-hmm. How how unsettling would it have been in the North or the South to have a black slave function uh-huh. as a Christ figure? Uh-huh. I, mean, I don't have much in- biographical information, but it seems clear that uh, it was... Uh, the author's intention to portray T- Uncle Tom, a black slave, mm-hmm. as Christ's figure. Yeah. For her, Christ was for both black and white. In her day, as you know, blacks were still typically portrayed as unintelligent, indolent, buffoonish, and happy-go-lucky. Right. But it must have been a revolutionary idea, both in the North and South, to portray a black character in such a dignified way, as a God-man in black skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think that it would have been shake. It would shake, would shake up a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, how did the phrase "Uncle Tom" come to refer? It's a disparaging phrase of black men who are uh, overeager to win the approval of whites. That's right. Um, how did that happen? I mean, the the, the term "Uncle Tom" has been used uh, as a derogatory epithet uh, for a certain person. Uh, the term refers to a black man who acts white and talks white and will do anything, including uh, betrayal of his own people, to stay in good standing with a white man. Mm-hmm. Many 20th century African-American texts defy a Uncle Tom attitude in race matters. Uh, for example, Richard Wright's Black Boy, right. uh, which came out in 1945, and the autobiography of Malcolm X, which came out in 1965, they defy that kind of attitude, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the attitude that uh, tries to please uh, white people uh, for personal safety. You know? uh, so, Do, I, mean, I mean, a lot of people ref- frown upon uh, the, the, the Uncle Tom attitude. Yeah. Is, 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 uh, is, is Tom in the book, Uncle Tom's Cabin, is he obsequious to whites? I mean, he uh, he just uh, thinks uh, from a, a Christian perspective, so everything is filtered through his uh, Christian consciousness. Yes. Uh, so uh, you know, I mean, he's a little a little unre- a little uh, uh, too idealistic uh, in in characterization, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he has good intentions, and uh, you know, uh, he's a he's a man of a principle. Uh, he he has. Uh, he has a very strong uh, Christian faith, and some people may not be may not agree to uh, his Christian faith. Right. You know? 
So he, he but, tries uh, to love his enemies. He offers forgiveness. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was his attitude. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And again, if, uh, that would not be... That's something that I don't think Richard Wright would find very acceptable. Certainly Malcolm X didn't find it acceptable. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And yeah. um, <clears throat> does his death... Oh, let me, let me just... Last question here. Did uh, does Uncle Tom's Cabin, did the book influence uh, later social reform movements... Uh, to oh, employ nonviolence yes. rather than revolution? Uh-huh. Oh, oh, definitely, yes. Uh, I recently read an article written by Kenneth DiMaggio uh, entitled The Reading Uncle Tom's Cabin as a Text of Nonviolence and Civil Disobedience. Okay, well, I'll have to leave, we'll have to leave it there because the music has just come up. Uh, okay. John, I appreciate talking with you. That was very helpful. And we'll, oh, we'll talk again. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. Dr. John Hahn. Is a chair of the Humanities Division at Missouri Baptist University. I'm Al Cresta.